clear for takeoff. Welcome once again to Jet Fuel, the Jet Discord podcast. As always, I am your party host, Joe Rivera. Along with me, as always, is my astute, educational, informative co-host. He is Ashton Davis's favorite Warzone squad mate, none other than Matt Salard, aka King Sliz. Sliz, say hello, my friend. Yeah, man. man. If I'm if I'm rolling deep with Ashton, I'm rolling with Sauce too. The the two have been <laughs> uh, they've been an inseparable duo on the on the streams. It's it's very funny how, I mean, it's it's a matter of Sauce being a good player, obviously, but it's funny how nobody says anything about Sauce being a, a big time gamer slash streamer and. Everybody was killing Ashton Davis for you know however long, but that's neither here nor there. Hey, I I, I will just say like people, I feel like people get on on dudes a lot for streaming and stuff, like pro, pro athletes especially. But it's like, man, I you would rather them be playing video games and just like chilling with the boys than pulling a James Harden and and being out yeah. on the town every night. So yeah, just put nothing, just putting it out there. Nothing good happens in strip clubs, man. Let that be a lesson to all of you. Okay. Nothing good happens in strip clubs. It's becoming a frequent, a frequent point on this pod. Right. Um, so Sliz, I have I unfortunately have some bad news for you. I have I have bad news. We didn't discuss this. I have bad news for you. I hate to inform you that we're never going to be a successful podcast. Do you know why we're never going to be a successful podcast? Are are you telling me I need to scrap my irrational hot take segment? Yes. You know, we're too reasonable, Sliz. We are we are trying to be reasonable men in an unreasonable time. And we're gonna get into Mike White. So let's let's kick this thing off. Let's kick this off with the runway rundown. Sliz, I know you had some thoughts before we start talking about Mike White, but go ahead, just just let the people in on on a few things that are on your mind before we, we kick this shindig off. Yeah, well, so I I said it last week and just preface. I want to preface everything we say with this. I said last week, let's enjoy the ride. Let's see what happens and and we'll figure it out. We'll figure it all out at the end of the season. And, and Sala said that, you know, we're week to week. We there there's plenty of football left to be played. I'm not overacting one way or the other. Let's see where it happens. Well, see what happens. I think all possibilities, all options are on the table. Um, Amen. We don't need to live and die on the week-to-week takes. We do yes. not need to commit and plant our flag and be cemented in in whatever take there is. And I know that's not how social media is nowadays. I know that's not how the first takes of the world are. Um, and just general sports discussion, but like Jets, Jets won. That's awesome. They look, hey, they looked phenomenal. And mm-hmm. let's enjoy it, right? Yeah. Let's not be at each other's throats. Let's not even like even Zach. And I know he's a very. We touched on it. I think the last couple of weeks, right? He's a very easy target. Like, like just enjoy enjoy what we're doing with the guys we're doing right and and yeah. zach's still part of the he's still part of the background he's not gone not gone yeah. yet so yeah. like let's let's enjoy it lads yeah i'm I'm with you 100 like i know that we we do a podcast so it's our job to break these things down week to week it's our job to discuss these things week to week we are both obviously always involved in conversation on the discord so we almost have to have takes sometimes or opinion 
But it's fine to change your mind about things. There's nothing wrong when presented with new information or, or new results. It's fine to adjust accordingly. So let's talk about the, the first. You know what? Before we talk about the game, Slez, your thoughts on the decision to actually because we, we posted this podcast last week after um, Z- uh, before Zach Wilson was actually benched, we recorded. So what were your thoughts on the Zach Wilson benching? I know we discussed it. We said it's not what we would have done. It's not the plan we would have done. So what were your your immediate reaction, your gut reaction to Salah actually deciding to bench Zach? Yeah, I, I think we've talked about this a lot throughout the week, right? Even going since the decision up through the weekend and even the past couple of days. And, and especially, I think, after hearing a lot of the postgame comments, a lot of just the general attitude, really specifically around like the wide receiver group, right, where it feels like. And don't get me wrong, Zach's play got him benched, but it definitely feels like it's more than just play, right? Yeah. And and you hear, you know, you hear Mike West, Mike Westoff with with some of his comments. You hear the Lamar Jackson, the cornerback, um, with some of his comments, and and those guys that are, you know, they're multiple layers removed, right? It's kind of take it with a grain assault a little bit but when you you start getting it here and there and you you see elijah moore go from like the most depressed dude in in the new york new jersey area to like literally preaching at the podium and and absolutely i I don't even know what elijah moore was saying man in some of those post-game comments like it feels like there's something there and and i think this the contrast like it's not it's not even that Mike White's the most popular guy in the room because he's the backup quarterback. I do think that from the fan point of view, there's a lot of that, but it's it, like it's more genuine than that with the team. Not only the Mike White random kind of elevation over Flacco, but even this decision to go with him. Like, I think there there's stuff that we'll never be privy to that feels like has happened, whether it's over the past two years, whether it's over the past couple weeks whether it's a, a, a one-time instance. And, and I don't think the one-time instance was that media soundbite after the New England game either. I don't think right. it's it's a one-time thing. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, hard to complain with the results, I guess. <laughs> I'll yeah. leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I'm with you 100%, Sliz. It certainly feels like there's something there. And I think, the Garrett Wilson, when he talks about it all starts in practice last week during his rant, I feel like aside from him dropping some cuss words and, you know, being generally passionate and and leveled in his, in his critiques, his criticisms after the New England game, him saying it starts in practice tells me that they're not liking what they were seeing in practice. And that's something, obviously, the beat writers, they're not privy to that this time of year. We don't hear reports out of practice. We don't hear anything out of practice. So that tells me that there was something happening in practice where either they weren't taking seriously enough or, or I don't know. I just don't know. We don't know. But it certainly feels, to your point, like there's more happening with Zach than just being bad on the field. Because at the end of the day, it's reductive. It's whatever. But they were 5-2 and two with him as a starter. And the two losses came to New England, which you don't want. And I know a lot of those games didn't look pretty. But if you're winning football games and you have an opportunity to maybe develop your quarterback of the future on the field, 
then there's no reason not to do that. Especially going against, and and we'll get into more detail on it, but this Bears defense was not good. And and this bad Bears defense was also down multiple players, right? Like if there was a game to rebuild your comp the confidence in your guy it, w- it was this game right yep it's it's the probably the easiest well we play the lions so we play a lot of easy defenses down the stretch yes. here right and and yeah it, it says a lot the fact and and yeah like it was a must win but it's also like a must win when you know you're probably getting trevor seaman like you know the defense is going to be banged up you know you could probably even just lean on the run game like there this would have been an easy Hey, give him a half and let him find his footing type of game. And they yep. didn't do that. They ripped the band-aid off and, and they they didn't do it just at quarterback either, right? With right. James Robinson got benched, which I think was a shock to everyone and looks like it was a good decision. Um in general, this this coaching staff is very, very willing to rip the band-aid off and make make tough decisions that are probably like popular with the fans, but it's, it's, you know, it, it's the right decision in the moment is what right. I'll say. They're, they're right. not, they're not dying to sunk costs. They're not dying to any of that. They're making the right decision in the moment for the team in, in the locker room. All right. So we are, we are fair on this podcast. I'd like to believe some people believe that fair means you're being a hater or a critic or you know a discreditor i don't think that's true we we wrote mike white off on this very podcast during the preseason it was one of our episode titles rest in peace to mike uh the the white lotus era right here lies the white lotus so i'm not surprised overly surprised with mike white's game and here's why 28 pass attempts five of them five were over 10 yards in a game. So, and he completed all five, you know, fair play to him. He was quick. He was decisive. Average depth of target in the game, 5.9 yards. I've said before, there's nothing wrong with executing the game plan at all, right? It's, It's a good thing when you can do that. And Mike White went out and did that. But everybody, relax, take a breath. It's why I understand the Jets went out and took care of business against a very bad Bears team, but the operating words there are a very bad Bears team with a very bad defense who was without Kyler Gordon, who was without Jaquan Brisker, which was without Eddie Jackson for most of the game when he went down with the injury. So, And without Justin Fields to and keep without on Justin the field and, and kind of pressure you with the scoreboard and all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Listen, Mike White went out and did what Mike White was supposed to do, not having played a calendar game, uh, a game in a calendar year. But there's still more to his performance there than simply saying, oh, well, he's the guy. Like, this cements him as the guy. Eerily similar to the Cincinnati game. Eerily similar. Yeah, and I do think it was a better game. I think he made better throws in this game than the Cincinnati game. and mm-hmm. But there's... St- they're still bad throws, man. Right. And and I think I've said it on this podcast before. Every quarterback makes bad throws in every yes. single game. Right. Yes. It's when do they come? Do they result in interceptions? Do you know, do they come on a critical third down? Most of his mistakes were inconsequential, and that's cool, right? 
Um, but it, it and it also feels good when he makes those mistakes, and then we're we're still scoring, right? It doesn't matter. But yeah. but there, I mean, if if Zach Wilson throws those two balls into the dirt, <laughs> everyone's chopping oh his God. head off, right? Yeah. If Zach Wilson's throwing that near interception, yeah. like people are done with them. So, and, and, you know, sometimes it's just the fresh, the fresh face helps. I will say, I I think in general, this game said more about Zach than it did Mike white, but maybe not in the way people think. Um, I think I see a lot of people saying, well, no, Zach, Zach couldn't have done that. Zach couldn't have done that. And it's like, like it's, and you have the point on here, it pisses you off because it's like, yeah, Zach should have been able to do this, right? Right. right. <laughs> and and it's also like, and, and so I pulled up the next gen stats charts. And, and if you haven't, uh, go out to next gen stats. They have passer charts where you can see all the targets and all the completions and completions of every quarterback, every game. They also have route trees for receivers. They're really cool charts out there, right? Um, also, if you if you dig around there, they, they have signups for an open beta for more data. Anyway, um, if you look at the Zach Wilson Buffalo passing chart and you look at the Mike White Bears passing chart, they're very similar. Very, very similar. You heard a lot of things. I heard some of the takes I heard. The offense was completely different. It's nice when you have a quarterback that can execute the game plan. The play calling was completely different. They were able to open things up more. Like, dude, these passing charts are almost the exact same. The results in terms of yards and touchdowns was a lot different, but that's where the eye test comes into play. And when you look at yards after catch, when you look at the number of first reads that were wide open, right? It like Garrett Garrett Wilson's first touchdown, and dude, Garrett absolutely balled. Garrett Wilson's first touchdown, like I could make that throw, dude. He's wide open, right? And that and that's not a knock on Mike White either. It's just the reality of you gotta you gotta put it in the context of what he did. He was 12 for 12 against or uh, when passing to wide receivers with more than five yards of separation. That was that was off Rich Samini's pod. That means half of his passing attempt, half of his completions were to guys that were wide open. And a lot of those were on the first read. Um, I think on his first drive, he went seven of seven, six of seven. Six of seven, yep. Of those, there was one pass that didn't have massive separation. It was the slant. Every other pass, the dude was wide open and only one wasn't the first read and it was a check down to the flat. Right. So it's like he, and and that's, that's good, right? That is good. That means the offense is working. The wide receivers are confident. And what I will say wide receivers were trying, I think a lot more in this game. Like you saw Elijah Moore throw a block on a run play, which he had not been doing very frequently. Um, I, I guess just framing it all up, though, man, like let's not get ahead of ourselves. I think getting back to my original point where this says more about Zach, this says more about Zach in a couple different ways. Mike White did not implode when he made bad plays. That, that's been something we've been critical of. I know others in kind of Jets media, we shout out Sabo every episode. Robbie's been all over it where Zach's mental is not good when he, if Zach would have made that near interception play, that's when you start seeing them like fall apart and the rest of the game's garbage. Right. Mike white shrugs it off, goes out and keeps delivering. Right. And and then just in general too, just the general attitude of the offense and, and 
how it was flowing and guys had energy and all that. Right. Like those are the two big takeaways I'm taking. I don't think there's anything that you really learn about Mike white that you didn't already know from this game. Yeah. Other than I will say he was Chris, he was certainly a lot better than he looked in preseason and in Buffalo last year, but yes. Um, I don't know. You, you hope to see that, especially with getting all the reps all year, getting chemistry with guys, etc. I've, I've said it before, Sliss, when the offense is right, this is what it looks like, right? They're, they're going to have lots of short, you know, West Coast offense, short throws. Uh, they're going to try and run the ball as much as they can. They're going to open it up in the intermediate game and hope their playmakers make plays. And that's exactly what the offense looked like on Sunday. And coupling with that is the fact that and I'm pretty sure you agree with me here. This is the best the offensive line has looked all year. And some of that is because they're playing against a team that has no pass rushers, no line, no anything to put any pressure on you all game. And White, for his to his credit, he was standing up in the pocket. He was tall in the pocket. He was delivering in the pocket. But again, this brings me back to my original point in that I don't understand why they wouldn't give Zach another opportunity in this game to get right. Well, yeah, Aside you, from the fact that they were scared that they were going to lose the locker room. Yeah. Big time. And, and solid knew he had to make a move because it was good. It was going to come apart if he got another start. So and, I don't and know. You, that's where I'm at, but yeah. And you, you saw the upgrade at multiple spots too, right? Getting yeah. and, and you never root for injury, but Ogbog getting injured and letting Max Mitchell mm-hmm. get back in the game. That, that was a net positive, right? Welcome back. That was, that was a net positive. Corey Davis back being back in there, run blocking. That was a positive bam Knight and, and Ty Johnson over J Rob. That was a big positive. Like we, we made a lot of changes. The one, the one spot we made a change in play calling was intentional usage of tight ends early. I think Nania posted a stat that this was one of our highest uh, 12 personnel usage games all year. And they, they got them going early. So it's, but outside of that, like you said, it was a lot of, a lot of quick screens, a lot of quick slants, a lot of get the guy ball in the guy's hands and let him make plays. We we've been running the same offense every single week, man. Like nothing has changed. Um, a we didn't play, it, and you see it. Like throw on the New England game, we commented on it after both New England games. They were blowing up everything underneath, right? That was not there. Um, and then the the deep stuff that just opens up as all the underneath stuff works. You know, we had a barrio sweep in this game which I always shout out and we talked about, Hey, why was, why was Mike LaFleur so conservative with his play calling against new England? And, and some of that, maybe the win, some of that because the X bad, some of that's because the run game's not working a lot of that. Like, as you look at how he builds out game scripts, you need plays in order to start getting in the bag. You can't just throw something out there cold. It doesn't work. You need to set plays up. You need to get tendencies. You need to break tendencies. Um, when you get a number of plays, you're able to do that and you're able to start doing different stuff. I mean, how many times have we said the the gorgeous thing about this offense and the Shanahan offense, Kyle Shanahan's offense is being able to run different plays out of the same look, right? And if you're not able to run those different plays, if you if you can't sustain drives, then it doesn't do you any good. The one thing I thought was very interesting is that the Jets use play action on 40% of White's dropbacks in this game. They only use play action on 29.4% of Wilson's drops dropbacks this year. I don't know why that is. I, I guess the idea is they want 
they don't want Wilson to second guess what he's seeing out there and just get the ball in and out of his hands quickly. I, I don't know. Um, there were changes to the offense though. There were, I mean, schematically it was the same, right? It was what they were doing was the same. They didn't, they haven't been babying Wilson just like they didn't baby Mike white. The whole offense is out there. They're playing the whole offense, but there were certain tendencies that they changed. There was personnel that they changed and, it's just interesting that it all came at the same exact time. And it happened to coincide with a moment like Zach's benching. And now everybody and their mother thinks that it was Mike White. It was all Mike White. It's always been Mike White. And I think that's unfair to Zach. And I'm not defending him. He sucked, right? We, yeah. I've, I've said it. Yeah, he let's, sucks until let's he not get suck. it twisted. Zach, Zach right. was bad. And, and quite frankly, Zach's probably done with the Jets. And, and maybe that's extreme. And and it probably is because I don't know that I'm fully there yet, but I feel like there's a good chance he could be done, right? If right. not, if not done, he's certainly gonna be in a hard camp battle for to his job's not safe, and, and right. that's obvious. But like he's gonna have to scrap back from the bottom. Right. It's curious to me how that situation is gonna play out, but that's what I'm saying. Like it, it's. Zach was not good. Zach was bad. We saw that New England game. You know, there was a lot that, again, context matters. We love context on this podcast. It matters. Please stop trying to ignore it. Um, It's just, it's funny to me now. Everybody's saying, well, Mike White was the, re-, you know, Zach was the entire reason that the offense is bad. And I simply just don't believe that's the case. And, they played and Sola a- hasn't made, Sola hasn't pretended like that was the case either. Right. He, he is I- not. <laughs> I just they've played a ton of bad defense, a ton of very uh, difficult defenses to play against all season, and they finally get a cupcake defense in the Bears, and they get a little bit in- lucky, and it's just the perfect storm, right? And now everybody's saying, "Well, it's all Mike White. Mike White has been the answer." Like that's all I'm hearing this week. It's not a matter of Zonovan Knight playing really well. It's not a matter of Ty Johnson actually running for a touchdown. Listen, when Ty Johnson runs for a touchdown. That should tell you that things are working at their optimal Dude, break, rate. Breaking multiple tackles, a, a, like, a big boy, a big boy stiff arm. It's just to, unbelievable. To like everything went well. Everything went well. Now, again, I don't know. White's got a tough hill to climb because if he's going to be the starter the rest of the season, he's going to have to play the Vikings, which we we agree they're pretenders. Uh, in but in Minnesota with the tougher pass rush than they face versus the Bears. They're going to have to play the Bills again. They're going to have to – it's it's going to be tough sledding the rest of the season, even though they're playing against softer opponents. They're playing in the soft part of the schedule. So I'm very curious, very, very curious to see how this all plays out. It, and that, kind of getting back to my, my preface, right, that's the fun part, right? We can just sit back and and you can have and, – and you can have just dialogue without, like, the Zach Wilson, like, weight on everybody mm-hmm. right where it's like even when we're winning it's like well zach sucks it doesn't matter right like right. if we win and mike white sucks no one's gonna care right mm-hmm. <laughs> so like we we have a bunch of games to figure out what mike white is or isn't the rest of the way right we'll see it and hopefully we win and we can make the playoffs and we go from there man yeah but I, I mean so i don't want to sound like over doomer on mike white either like it's documented, I, I have not been uh, confident in him, but in general, right? And I, I, I got a lot of, I've gotten a lot of flame over the years for being a defender of the James Morgan pick. Maybe not the the prospect, but you know, it's oh, it, no one, no one ever flames the prospect. It's always why'd we pick a quarterback, right? Mike White 
is the like perfect example of why you pick a quarterback. I know we've had some dudes in the Discord run the numbers. That uh, nerd moment, right? Mm-hmm. It like if you were to draft a quarterback on day three every single year, you're more likely to hit on a franchise QB than drafting one in the first round with way less capital, right? And getting productive guys out of small schools and hoping that they can sit and learn and grow and then take that leap. That's what you want, right? Mac Mike white was a very productive dude in college. He's in year four, right? He's gotten that, that time to learn that everyone kind of wishes that the, the first round young QBs would get nowadays. Right. Which I think is a little overstated, but he's gotten that right. And it's like, Oh man, Mike White's young. It's like, yeah, he's young, but he's, he's in year four in the league. He's been multiple offenses. He's seen this, he's done this, right? Like this is, this is what you want in some of those backup guys. And, and, and Mike White, he played well. Like <laughs> I don't want to act like we're poo pooing it. He played well. He delivered some of his best throws that I've seen him make that throw to Tyler Conklin where he stepped up and delivered that strike on the outside. That was his best throw of the game. That was that was a big boy throw. That was phenomenal. The rollout and, and the chuck to Elijah Moore was good. The step up in the pocket delivered to Garrett Wilson on, on kind of the, the injury busted touchdown, mm-hmm. long touchdown. Like those were all good plays. He didn't really have that many throws that were off target, even his intermediate short stuff. It was all in rhythm, out on schedule, out on target, right? Like it, it's good. It, yeah. Like he played well. Right. So, he hit his targets. Team, Team Jersey Mike, by the way, none of this white, white lightning. No, Jersey Mike. I'm, you Jersey know, I Mike. hope you know I'm censoring that out. We don't, we don't say that on this podcast, just like we don't say SOJ. So um, that will be censored out. Sorry, Sliz. But, you know, I, I guess you're saying uh, Team DJ Uyunglele next, uh, next year, 2023. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, thank you. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see how we feel about that next year. But yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat, Sliz. I, I still have this. All right. Well, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop with Mike White because I remember the Buffalo game. I remember how he played. Like I, so we'll see what what happens when he plays a, a slightly more difficult defense next weekend or this upcoming weekend, and we'll go from there. But I just I, I don't know what else to tell these people. Like I'm not trying to ruin people's fun, right? Like it's fine if you're memeing and you're having a good time with it. But I also think there are people like Ira on Staten Island who call up WFAN and was like, we need to give this Mike White guy a shot. And we got to think about it. And I'm like, it just drives me nuts. I'm like, because we know what he is. But if he can run the the offense in an efficient manner, if the team rallies behind him, and if he plays well down the stretch, then I can't argue with that. So it yeah. is what it is, as they say. It is what it is. All right, so let's, let's move on. Um, so... Outside of Mike White, the offense looked good. Offensive line looked good. Good to have Mid-Max back. Very yes. happy about that. Yeah, and he played well, man. He like this this was one of his again bad 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 defensive line, but good mm-hmm. game for him. Good right. good building block and you expect him to be out there probably as the starter next week regardless of fan I, I would assume if fans activated, they probably do what they did with Max this week and keep him activated as a backup and ease him mm-hmm. in another week. Right. So Elijah Moore, I, I'm kind of tired of hearing about Elijah Moore breakout. I mean, he had two targets and he had two catches for 65. Like, Dude, that's not a breakout. I'm the sorry. same way, man. Like, people are it's acting like Elijah Moore has arrived. And it's like, he had the one catch. Like, he had the two catches. The one, I'm going to say it 
dude, the safety totally blew that touchdown. <laughs> like yeah. he was just picking daisies in the end zone. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's nice for him to get involved, get some catches, get production, but it's like, yeah, the, it, it's a whatever game in my mind for Elijah Moore. Yeah. And everything you said post game, um, I'm still laughing at his team camaraderie quote, but that's another one of those quotes that tells you that maybe there was something going on with Zach. Elijah Moore, like of all people, clearly hates Zach Wilson. I think it's like hates level. Like he and Zach have like some major beef of some variety. I don't know what it is, but. Weird, man. Yeah, it's it is weird. Weird. And you know what? Shout out to Robert Sala in this Jets locker room for for keeping these things actually in house, right? Yeah. Um, because none of I mean our beat has always sucked. I'm sorry, but it, it the fact that nobody's able to get anything out of this locker we, room. We need a we need a is, former is New York Daily News uh, journalist <laughs> to start digging up some dirt, man. Please no, please let's not go there. Um, running backs don't matter, Sliz. Good week, don't matter. good week for the Arby's don't matter movement, baby. We're back. We, <laughs> thought, we, we thought we were gone with Bree, the Brees Hall breakout. We're back. Turns out James Robinson is who we thought we were, well, who he thought he was. All the analytics said he was washed. The you eye want test. That, you want to give that quote another shot? No, James, I'm, can... I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just moving on. <laughs> he, is, he is who we thought he was. <laughs> All the analytics said he is shot. The eye test said he was shot. His own team benched him. He's not he's not a scheme fit. He's never been a scheme fit for this outside zone speed speed running back. Turns out an, a UDFA who fits the scheme can produce in the scheme. As Kyle Shanahan has shown us for year after year after year after year. And fan favorite, Bam Knight, gets the call, and he was awesome, man. I'm, it, it I'm looks so, so much different. It looks so much different seeing Bam and Ty just like hit the hole and explode. And, yeah. and like we've been Ty Johnson critics. I think Jets fans as a whole are sick of Ty Johnson, but the, like he he has gotten better in pass pro. And the one thing he's always been good at is being fast and hitting those outside zone runs. And he he's he did it. Yeah. So. Knight looked good. Knight was making a lot out of nothing on holes that weren't there. Um, runs that were going for three yards, four yards. He was turning them into seven yard runs. And that was, that was very, very nice to see. Uh, So I want to see more of him next weekend. I really do. Well, we might not have a choice with Michael Carter hurt with the, with the ankle injury. So even if he's up to play on Sunday, I think he's Ty Johnson and and Bam are going to split, split some carries in the backfield. But uh, overall, very, very happy to see Knight play after after hearing so much about him from the scouting crew, from hearing so much about him from you and and everybody else who's big Bam Knight fans and the running backs don't matter uh, crew. So uh, good to see Bam out there. Hey, cool name too. Looking like we might preserve our fifth and only send a six too. So that, yeah. that's always nice as well. Right. Uh, something that very, very much has been concerning Sliz over recent weeks since the bye week. And and maybe even before a little bit before, tackling on defense is getting kind of scary because yeah. our run defense was I don't want to say overperforming, but with this defensive line that certainly and we that's the one thing we said before the season that we kind of dodged a bullet that the run defense has actually been solid, very good all year, but we've seen in recent weeks that if they 
get to the second level if they get to the linebackers. They're making guys miss, and that's kind of scary to see. What what's what do you think is going wrong with the run defense right now? I mean, it's more than just run defense. We saw it against New England a lot with the short passing game, right? And, and you laid it out well. It's when they get into space, when they get beyond between the tackles. A, we we don't have a ton of speed. I'm looking at C.J. Mosley primarily in that like thirty yard check down or whatever. I'm where still <laughs> mad about that. <laughs> To, to David Montgomery, but it's partly that. And I, I don't know what, what else it is, man. Like every it's everyone, right? It's corners, it's linebackers, it's safeties. Like these dudes are just slipping off tackles. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's been, it's been rough. And mm-hmm. to your point against, we play a lot of above 500 teams the rest of the way. Even, you know, even Jacksonville is scrappy was um, Detroit as I don't really score. believe in, but I don't believe in them. They, but they can, can score. They can score. Like we, you got to make tackles, man. You got to make tackles. Yep. And the cornerbacks, which didn't play well early on, really, it was the whole defense early on that didn't yeah. play well versus Chicago. But I don't know, man. I, I just, it's we we've been giving Salah his flowers all year. This is another game. I feel like any other head coach that we've had in the last since Rex, I guess, so a whole you know two head coaches we probably don't win this game or we look progressively worse throughout the game. But I certainly feel like whatever changes they made on the sideline, whatever talking twos they gave them on the sideline, they fixed what they needed to fix. And the defense played lights out in the second half. Yeah. I I do think there, and sauce has been awesome. He's going to be a pro bowler. We saw early pro bowl. Saw saw early pro bowl. bowling. He's, you know, he's top of the AFC, but, He's got to work on the hands a little bit, man. And, uh-huh. and he's getting a lot of veteran treatment, a lot of star treatment. They're letting them play a lot. But like there's that Claypool target early on. They he they could have fla- they could have flagged him there. And then when he got mossed, it's like, yeah, uh-huh. like, yeah, he just, he just tackled. tackled him, man. Uh-huh. Like he's he's gotta and and that's gonna be part of his game. That's cool, but he's gotta find that middle ground a little bit better. And if you're gonna commit TPI, don't let them ca- don't let them catch it, dude. Like, yeah. Don't let them moss you if you're gonna tackle them. <laughs> yeah, you know I, I'm I'm gonna give uh, Sauce the benefit of the doubt because he's coming off a calf injury that limited him in practice some t- some days this week. So, you know, that's my cope. That's my cope for the week. So there's that. So my closing thoughts on this game before we move on, Sliz. Um, I said it after the Cincinnati game last year. I'm gonna say it again. And I don't know what Zach's future is with the Jets right now. I don't know if he sees the field again this year. There's there's part of me that says he will if he works. I think that's what it's going to come down to is if he works, if he's in the facility, if he's doing what he needs to do, and he'll get he'll probably get the opportunity at some point. And our but staff I, has been good about that too. We've right. benched two wide receivers now who have both worked their way back in. Right. And I know a wide receiver is a much cleaner path, but right. – they're they're not done with Zach, I don't think. Yeah. So I said it after the Cincinnati game last year. I hope Zach is watching this and understands this is what the offense is supposed to look like. Right. Just make the easy play. I mean, solid indirectly made took a, a shot at Zach after the game and said Mike White makes the easy look easy. Yeah. Right. And that's what they, that's how many times have, has Salah said it? How many times have we said it? 
Zach needs to play boring football. There's oh, nothing yeah. wrong with taking those five yard underneath routes. There's nothing wrong with hitting Tyler Conklin for, for seven yards on a first, like there's nothing wrong with that. Right. So, which brings me to think that it's just, there's a disconnect there with Zach with how he's processing, how he's seeing, how he's, he doesn't want to take those throws or he's just too dumb of a football player to learn how to grow. And yep. that last one is much more concerned is concerning yeah. than just an unwillingness. So I don't know. Routine win, routine win feels great. All things considered. Yeah, man, we haven't had one in a lot. We haven't had one in a while. Like mm-hmm. even Miami, which was a blowout, like that wasn't routine for most of it. Yeah. <laughs> it ran away at the end, but um yeah, man, it it does feel good. Like mid third quarter, you're just chilling, feeling good, you know, even kind of half looking away for parts. And by the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, it's like, all right, time to time to ana- analyze and break it all down when Bam Knight's just throwing the clock out. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's Much, nice. It's nice to need just, more of that. Yeah. It's nice to just throw the game on and be and, and just relax. So I'm hoping that this weekend versus the Vikings is more of the same, but I, I have my doubts. I have my doubts. We'll see. All right. So let's, let's move on to this week's top gun. So you picked this week's top gun. Who'd you select? Well, maybe with all of the context we threw at you, it's not going to be Mike White. No, because Mike White doesn't do what he does without my guy, Garrett Wilson, dude. Like putting th- that poor number 22 on, on on the Bears, man. He he was putting a spin cycle all game. Mm-hmm. This dude, the the first touchdown just completely put him drew the hold, put him on his put him on his butt, just completely open in the end zone on that touchdown too. Again, benefit of the the Eddie Jackson injury. But like, dude, just put put a move. Well, great catch on the back hip to start. Put a move mm-hmm. on him. Like, dude, Garrett is a baller. I, I I was watching back after the fact. Like, oh man, Garrett like really broke out. Then I saw a picture. Dude, the dude got braids now. Like, mm-hmm. instantly, instantly plus five to his Madden overall. Right? Like, <laughs> like, dude. Watch out, Lee. Garrett Wilson is coming, man. I'm so glad. I am so glad that he did something with his hair because he was starting to look like a young, handsome Doc Brown from Back to the Future with like the crazy hair. I'm not yeah, sure. Not, not so, feeling the mop top. <laughs> no, that was it was a little weird. I don't know what 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 exactly was happening there. He was kind of looking like uh, I don't even remember. I was going to say Andre 3000, but I don't. I don't. I'm not even sure that's right. But. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad with the braids now. Now we got a. Now we got a wide receiver one. Now we got yeah. a wide receiver one. So, yeah, he was good. He's very good. No around the league in, in roughly sixty seconds this week because I had to grade papers and I didn't have time to put it. Well, together. on Thanksgiving turkey and all, yeah, all that I mean, it's good a whole stuff, thing. man. It's a whole thing. It is what it is. You know. <laughs> hey, shout shout out Jacksonville for stealing one from from Baltimore, helping the cause. Yeah. So so let's just yeah. let's talk about some things around the league right now. Jacksonville. Good for you. Hey, T T Law T Law broke the loser gene and actually <laughs> actually clutched one. Yeah. Um, I, I'm thankful that the Cowboys exposed the Giants for frauds, even though that game was a little bit closer, especially in the first half, than than it probably should have been. So there's that. Um thank Min- you to Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota, thank you to Minnesota. helped us out. 
Yeah, big, big big shout out to uh, my my buddy Zach who listens to this podcast. He's a big Vikings fan, so we meet them this week. But he's never uh, never shy to remind me that Minnesota does does the Jets bidding whenever when they beat these teams. So uh, that we need to help on. So there's your there's your bridge version of around the league in roughly sixty seconds. So. I, I got one more. Yeah, I, go I want to, and we'll we have a full off season that we'll get to, and lots of team building philosophy and all that. And it's like if you're the Rams. It was obviously worth it. You got a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But man, are you seeing the downside yeah. to the Stars and Scrubs philosophy this year? Mm-hmm. Like last year, they had two injuries, two major injuries. They had Cam Akers, hashtag running backs don't matter. And they had Robert Woods. And Robert Woods was replaced with OBJ for pennies on the free agency wire mm-hmm. midseason. Like, that, that doesn't, doesn't happen, happen right. right? That doesn't happen, right? So Immaculate Health last year, put it all together, made a run. This year, it feels like every single dude that matters to that team is injured, man. And it's like when it rains, it pours, but it, it, it's, a, it's a bold strategy, but you're seeing the downside yeah. of it in spades right now in absolute spades and and the window feels like it's closed right like oh yeah i don't know how they recover from it especially if, if like aaron donald's hurt stafford's always hurt like yeah I, I don't know. it feels hard to to dig out of that hole man the problem with stafford is that he's always had like the nagging injuries he could play through and like okay he's tough whatever we get it but if those injuries are going to start to cost him time this part this stage in his career and his body is, he's taken a beating over the years. Yeah. It's not going to get better. His body's just not going to be feeling better. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how less need remedies that situation because there's no easy fix with their draft capital. Obviously there's no easy fix with the quarterback. Obviously uh, there's no easy fix with their cap situation. So there's that too. There's no easy fix with the offensive line either. That's right. probably the worst part of the whole shebang. Yeah. <laughs> And then you have Sean McVay, who even though he got paid, I mean, this guy's got both hands on his on the bag from one of these major networks when he decides to retire. And I'm not saying he will, but when you're an NFL head coach and you're putting in, you know, 18 hour days at the facility during the week and you have to deal with game day and oh, you're, you're never stop, you never stop working. You're sleeping at the facility, essentially. And you're making, you know, whatever McVeigh's making. I think he's making coach salaries never get out, but like twelve million dollars a year, I think, I think was the number. But then you have these networks who are willing to pay you twenty million dollars a year to talk about to talk about a game yeah. on prep, Sunday. Prep for one game a week and one game. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have to worry about you just gotta look at the roster names and and just speak from experience. And they say, hey man, here's here's a Here's a nice 10-year contract worth $200 million. Oh, what yeah. do you say? What do you say? That's an easy life. Oh, must yeah. be nice. So Very interesting <clears throat> situation to watch. Just I wanted to shout it out because that's people talked about, oh, it was so it's like, yeah, it, it was worth. I'm not gonna take anything away. Like they mm-hmm. met, they reached their goal, but like, man, it took immaculate health and that window slammed shut. Yeah, absolutely slam shut. F them picks, right? Oh, yeah. That's what it comes down to. So interesting. Interesting situation out in L.A. So so let's move on to the geeks, geeks of the weeks. So we have two. 
you picked again, you picked both of these. So why don't you go ahead? And I agree with you on both of them. So go ahead. I think this is our first inanimate object geek of the week. Yeah, year. man. And probably a long time coming, but with, with the news plus the injuries, it's gotta be number one geek MetLife turf, man. And, and like, it's a very known thing. It's, Something you you had the report come out that they're looking at changing the turf next year. Um, Wandale Robinson got hurt uh, on on Thanksgiving. The Bears lost two players. They lost Darnell Mooney and then Eddie Jackson to injuries this week. Like, yeah, geek of the week, man. MetLife turf continues to claim victims. We we got to do something, man. We got to do something. Not to mention, I mean, Sterling Shepard earlier in the year, which is still the most, I think, bizarre injury because Sterling Shepard was just, he was breaking it down. He was, he wasn't like running. It wasn't like a, he's, his leg just gave out in yeah. Life Stadium turf. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. And I know Shepard's guys had his injuries in the past. Like he was, he was not, run, he was breaking it down at the end of the end of a play and his leg just gave out. And you can see it. Ha- it's just the most bizarre thing. I don't. And and here the funny. I don't want to say the funny thing is because you don't want to make light of injuries. But the reason that all of these teams switch to turf in the first place is because grass fields. Not only are they hard to maintain, but you have players who can't get their footing, and they were slipping all over the place on game day. And and everybody said, well, if you go to turf, then you'll be pre- present preventing these injuries. Then you get so, then you get Justin Hardy on the slip and slide and punt coverage going like ten yards right, on his butt. <laughs> right. So it's like I don't. There's no solution. Like injuries happen. Uh, the the split film turf, whatever they use, is going to be is that's a thing of the past. I know MetLife said the they're changing the turf next year. So I'm, I'm curious gets to see better. what happens. Hopefully yeah. it gets better, man. Yeah. Can't get Onto worse, our, really. Yeah. Really. Uh, all right, on to our second geek of the week, Sliz. Another one, another one of your selections, and another guy that certainly deserves it this week for yeah, a number of reasons. Elijah Moore being like way over the top, and like the oh man, I missed the football. I was talking to it yesterday. What whatever the heck he was saying, yeah. man, just like dude. said he kissed the football. Yeah, cal- calm down, man. Like <laughs> that's illegal in like forty-seven states. You know, you can't do that. You yeah, yeah, can't be doing that. Yep. I just like I was watching the post game with Janae Coakley and and his whole um, Janae Coakley asked him, what message does this send? And he took a good like three or four seconds and said, team camaraderie, which, again, it's right message, wrong messenger. Number one, number two, the fact that he said it again, so it goes back to the whole there's something happening with Zach where like. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's not a relatable guy. I don't know if he just doesn't work hard. Like, I don't know what's happening there. I don't think anybody knows what's happening there, but it's clear. It's pretty apparent that there's something going on there. That's probably a little bit more than anybody knows. Anybody's letting on right now. Yeah, so I agree. Interesting stuff. We we shall see. You know, it's going to happen. Schefter's just going to drop one of these bombshell reports randomly during the week. It's like, the falling out with the Jets and Zach Wilson stems from X, Y, Z. And we're going to sit here on the Jets Discord podcast and said, we told you so. We told oh, you yeah. so. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's take a look ahead. This is the flight plan. So next game, week 13 at Minnesota. So Justin Jefferson scares the hell out of me. 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins is a little scary. 
but not insurmountable. What do you what are you expecting out of this game this weekend? Yeah, so we'll talk we can talk defensive matchup. I'm I'm very curious to see what we do with our corners. Right. We talked about in that Buffalo game where we we switched vet on vet pretty early in that game and, and doing a rare rare for the scheme cornerback swap and putting DJ Reed on, on um Stefan Diggs, right? I'm curious if we do that again or if that was more of a size profile matchup type thing. I'm curious what we do with Sauce and J Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um so that's number one. Number two, we talked about our tackling. Dalvin Cook is he, he can break tackles, man. I'm right? scared. I'm scared of Cooks. He's a guy I forgot to mention, but yeah, he's another guy I'm pretty scared and, of. And that that offensive line, if they get Darisaw back, they've been very, very good this year. So um I know I know people look to Justin Jefferson. That that run game might might hurt us even a little bit more, right? The 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 pass game you expect to, you know, Jefferson will get his, but it's a it's a generally going to be a good ma- like we can hold our own in the passing game in general. Um, yeah, the run game we got we got we got to contain it, man. It's gonna it's gonna be scary to watch Cook against these linebackers, yeah, and then- uh, not to mention Madison's not bad coming out yeah. either. So oh, yeah. I I mean he's he's a, he's a very like very similar to Cook in a lot of ways. I mean he doesn't have the tackle break tackle ability, but um, you're not missing a whole lot when Cook comes off the field and Madison's playing. So, um. Interesting to watch how that's how that's gonna break. I just I, I'm already having I already have cold sweats thinking of Mosley chasing these guys. <laughs> I'm just like Hey, let's know, for, let's not forget TJ Hawkinson too. Very good tight yeah, end. Yeah. And oh, that's <laughs> uh, always gonna be the big mismatch against us is good tight ends. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. What are you <laughs> expecting from the offense? Spence? Yeah, so like white piloted game. I'm I'm curious yeah. to see. Yeah, it is it's a good matchup for us schematically, especially. So they they have more pieces than the Bears. <laughs> they definitely the the big mismatch on offense is their edge rushers, Daniel Hunter and uh, Zadarius Smith, who who mm-hmm. are both absolute ballers, right? They're they're yep. good against our tackle duo, which is frankly not very good. However, their corners aren't great, their linebackers or whatever. Safety, uh, Harrison Smith's been good, but he's also getting on ancient at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is kind of like a perfect Mike White game script. You saw Mac Jones carve him up on, on Thanksgiving, right? This plays well into Mike White's strengths, which is get the ball out quick, schematic strengths, get the ball out quick, let guys make plays. I expect a lot more of the same that we saw, probably occasional deep shots as we buy time. Um, but yeah, I expect there to be a little bit more pressure than there was, uh, last week. So mm-hmm. it'll be, it'll be a test in that sense where we'll, we won't be just coasting a, with a lead. It'll probably be a little bit more back and forth. They'll probably cause a little extra pressure. So we said it coming out of the Patriots game Sliz. Every game from here on out is essentially a playoff game. Like you can't, Oh, you can't look at the schedule and say, well, you can afford a loss here or there. The jets can't anymore if they want a serious shot at the playoffs. So yeah, it it's tough, man. We we don't have tiebreakers like at all, <laughs> mm. right? A lot of the teams we're in the mix with, so it'll be whichever AFC North team doesn't win the division. So you have the Bengals and the Ravens, right? Then there's every team in our division, and and we're zero and two against the Patriots, so we lose that tiebreaker. And then we have games against Miami and Buffalo, who are both ahead of us on the standings right now. Mm-hmm. 
um, you look, the Chargers are going to be probably neck and neck with us when it comes down to conference record tiebreaker. So, yeah, we need we need to finish probably a win up on a lot of these teams to cement that wild card. When you're looking ahead, three and three probably has us in, but not like safe and secure. Four and two feels like a lock, especially mm-hmm. when you're talking a lot of the teams, especially in our division, need, need to still play each other. Um, but yeah, like if we pick up this one, it puts us in a really, really good spot that it's not a must win in the sense that if we lose it, we're, we're scrambling and you're, you're struggling to find wins, but like winning here helps us a whole lot. And it, it, it is a winnable game, man. Like mm-hmm. Minnesota has, has they're, they're, they have a good record. They've looked good in, in spurts. They've also gotten absolutely dumpstered they they've played they've played yeah. four teams i think with a winning record they got absolutely dumpstered by both the cowboys and the eagles and then the patriots took them to the wire where really a, a special team kick return is is what made the difference in that game and and they went toe to toe with a very banged up bills team that we that we beat right right so it's it if we get the quarter the type of quarterback play that we got last week and obviously that you're hoping to get with Mike white with that higher floor, we should be competitive in this game. We should be able to win it. Right. Interested to see how they uh, run the ball too. And how that, that whole situation shakes out because yeah. I want to see more Bam Knight. Like I, I don't know why, but I saw enough from him on Sunday. Like he, he just brings a little bit of juice in the, in the running game. Like it's yeah, just man. apparent when he runs the ball. So I, I want to see more of that. I want to see more of him this weekend. I, I I also just don't want to see Ty Johnson at all. I understand he had a pretty good game, but like, I don't care. Yeah, it, look, it looks like after Mike Carter got hurt, it looks like they used Bam more as kind of that first, second down back, and then Ty Johnson more as that third down guy. I hope yeah. that's what we see if if Michael Carter can't go. Yeah. So <clears throat> we'll see. It's going to be an exciting matchup. A, a team. The Vikings, like I said, I think we we believe we both believe they're pretenders, they're frauds, even, but. Uh, still there they're a team who's won a lot this year and this could be another feather in the cap of the jets road warriors mentality too so we'll see all right so let's bring it in for a landing this is the landing strip so i i, I see your first thought here and i watched the usa game today uh Pulisic taking one right in the uh, star-spangled nether regions there uh <laughs> to give us that goal but Fun game, fun game to watch all together. Yeah, USA baby, we're we're into the knockouts. So, um, for a team that totally missed the cup last World Cup, it's it's good to get out of the group, get to knockouts, and a young team. If nothing else, good a uh, good experience for when we host host next go around. So yeah, and and the thing too is like, so I'm not a big soccer guy. To explain this on the last podcast that we talked about soccer, but. It's it's always fun for me. I understand a lot of people don't feel this way, maybe because I just don't have a vested rooting interest in this, but it's always fun to me to watch teams scrambling, trying to prevent. So like seeing US in control of the entire pretty much the entire first half was pretty cool. But then seeing the way I ran in the last like 10, 20 minutes of the game were like just trying everything to score a goal. And they were really they were putting the pressure on US and it was fun to watch. So uh we'll see netherlands i mean tough yeah tough draw but 
Hey, you gotta you gotta beat the tough ones at some point, right? Yeah, so. that's the World Cup. That's the World Cup. What's your other thoughts, Liz? I see you have another one here. Yeah. Um. Uh. Maybe not not so well kept secret. I'm Purdue guy. Want to shout out my school? This is a Big Ten podcast, right? <laughs> um. We get we got Rutgers plus Purdue represented. Um. We're bo- listen. We're, boy- we're, we don't really belong in the Big. It is what it is. It's like, you know, whatever. Continue. Yeah, the the boys locked up the Big Ten West, probably for the last time ever because USC and UCLA are about to join the conference. But locked up the Big Ten West uh, for a program that was in the dumpster for a long, long time. Uh, it's good to kind of scrap scrape our way out and good weekend too. I know people don't care about college basketball, any of that. Purdue went on an absolute tear, blew out Duke and Gonzaga, both top 10 ranked teams by over 20 points in a tournament this weekend, jumped all the way up to fifth, fifth ranked in the country. So good, good weekend for Boilermakers. Let's go. Hey, you, baby. Remember, hey, you remember last year when Rutgers beat Purdue? Remember that? <laughs> I, I do, man. My, my mom's a Rutgers grad, so she lets me hear it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, uh... I, I have a soft spot for Rutgers, man. I have a soft spot. I, I watched we, Ray, of course, Ray Rice had his issues, but Ray Rice Rutgers was, was a fun time watching football, man. Watching so, those those early Shiano years were special. So funny, funny story about that um, Rutgers Purdue game from last year. So obviously, I teach a class at Rutgers, and Ron Harper Jr. obviously was on that Rutgers team, and he hit the shot that down Purdue, number one team oh, yeah. in the country. So that was on a Thursday night. So Friday morning is my class and Ron Harper Jr. is in my class. Right. So, so, so I'm waiting. I'm like, I get there for my class. My class starts at nine and Ron was always, we'll say just on time. I'll be, I'll be polite about it. He was always just on time for the class. Uh, Maybe a few minutes late here or there, but I'm saying to myself, Oh, there, there ain't no way. There is no way this dude's showing up to class today. Like there's no way. And I'll be damned. Ron Harper was the first kid in class that morning. Yeah, he probably the didn't sleep. First... He was probably like, yo, yeah. I got to get to class. I got to, I got to yeah. <laughs> restless energy or something. Yeah. I mean, he was the first, he was the first kid in class that morning. And I was just like, man, this kid could be anywhere else today and on campus and nobody would, would bat an eye, but he was in my class. And I, that was the coolest thing. So yeah, that's he, awesome. Yeah. He walks in and, and he sits down and I totally deadpan. I said, Hey Ron, you do anything fun last night? So I was, uh, was cool. <laughs> Ron Harper jr. Good kid. Good kid. Great game. So awesome. Hard to, awesome, hard to believe that we're almost at a year, year on that. It was December 9th of last year. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, that's, um, I'm, I'm celebrating the, I'm celebrating the wins now. Cause I know come March madness time, we always fold. So <laughs> is, is what it is. But... So a few things here, Sliz, it was, finally my wife and i bought a new mattress because the mattress we had was crappy and it was the first one that we bought when we moved in so i want to give a shout out to this to the mattress firm by me and i want to give a shout out to cameron this older gentleman very very thick european accent i think he was polish probably jeff fuel listener right (laughs) maybe I'd, i'd have to that's exactly our target demographic so you would think but um Man, this guy took us. He just like the service was unbelievable, bringing me pillows, letting me lay on all the mattresses. I mean, this guy was just absolutely sensational. And I'm very excited to sleep tonight on this new mattress. So uh, it was great. 
Great. Are you a, Enjoy- you a fir- firm top? pillow top european whatever the heck they call it you see so so um cameron was explaining to me that apparently all of these mattresses now have some layer of memory foam built in to them in addition to the spring so we got a hybrid medium mattress and it is heavenly it's just like i know they say it takes like a month to break into this mattress but i laid down on it for like 10 minutes before this thing is incredible so i can't wait i can't wait awesome yeah mattresses mattresses are big man yeah very, very important. You do any Black Friday shopping, by the way? Dude, we had to get a whole bunch of twin stuff, man. Oh, man. We got the car seat. We got a whole bunch more bottles. We got, yeah, we we did we did some of that. We did some yeah. of that. So Yeah. Took, took advantage because baby stuff is not cheap. <laughs> no, I can imagine. I can imagine. But yeah, not, nothing, nothing overly fun. I think mostly just twin stuff and some, some Christmas shopping for, for the mm. fam. The, there you go. How about you? That's how you got to do it. That's how you got to do it. I, I bought some video games. Okay. I bought, uh, I bought judgment and I bought lost judgment, which are made from the, it's made from Sega. And I know that they did. It's, I want to say it's a spinoff of the Yakuza games and I really enjoy the Yakuza games. So I'm looking forward to playing those. Those are a really good sale. I also got Sonic Frontiers for like half price and okay. it actually looked pretty entertaining to me. And I, I'm a big Sonic guy, so I got that too. And that's coming in on Thursday. So nice. it's just video game stuff, really. But nothing nothing like heading to Ikea on a Saturday after Black Friday, I'll tell you that. So, Oh, yeah. Time. Always a good time. Yep. But that'll do it for this episode of Jeff Fuel, the Jets Discord podcast. Obviously, you already found us, but you can continue to find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Please leave a five-star review where, where applicable. We, I have no idea what those do for us, but it just sounds cool to say. You can find us on Twitter at Jet Fuel Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Rivera SN. Sliz, where can the people find you on Twitter? Yep, at Sliz underscore NYJ. You could send us an email at jetfueldiscordpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, you can join the Discord in our, our slice of internet heaven. Sliz, where can the people join the Discord? discord.gg slash new york jets home of the number one mike white fan in the world for aka so if you want to if you want to celebrate with mike white fans we we've got the the ceo of the fan club man you know i'm gonna censor that too right i'm gonna have no no choice but to censor that so it is what it is but That'll do it for this episode of Jet Fuel. For Matt Szilard, I am Joe Rivera, reminding you, you can't take flight without Jet Fuel.